Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Barely Bookish Podcast. Today, we are continuing on with the Aeneid with Jade from About a Book Podcast. Hello. <laughs> I feel like reading these, it was almost like reading like a, like e-news, you know, like, like some sort of gossip column a little bit. Like, that's what I felt like I was reading. How come? How so? I don't know, but like the way, okay, I think it's because it's like all of it's in third person. And then they're like really hyping up in the next book, like her despair. Uh, and so they're like, she was just mm. so distraught. And or, or like also the way he it's goes like tabloidy. Yeah. Yeah. And like the way they go through his story is like, there's no real like emotion or feeling in his story. He just like hits a lot of bullet points. He's like, yeah, we saw yeah. Cyclopses. You know, did you hear Odysseus left one of his men behind? How <laughs> dare he? You know, like that's why I felt like tabloid-esque yeah yeah i i totally get that it was the so we're doing books three and four today mm-hmm. three was like a proper whirlwind like it definitely felt mm-hmm. like they're trying to just hit point to point to point and i'm glad we're only doing it in two chapter points because if we're if we're doing any more books and an episode i think it'd be too chaotic yeah um because yeah not much detail in book three but a lot does happen uh mm-hmm. travel wise geographically um, and then yeah you got all the emotion you kind of have more of the uh, personal story in the fourth yeah. book um, yeah I will say I thought these would take a lot less time to get through because they're like sonnet-esque like poetry mm-hmm. like layout so I was like oh you know it's not gonna take me that long each chapter takes me about two hours to read to be honest yeah it's not a light read at all mm-hmm. so- I would love if like obviously you know you have to be careful that you keep the uh the integrity of the books and you don't completely just like make you know a complete remix of them but it'd be interesting to see like like a kid's version of the book or something mm-hmm. where it's just like this the story without all of the poetics and all the difficult bits to read I think I'd enjoy reading a version of a book like that um maybe retelling either you know yeah um there's a or lot like, of me that wants to start doing retellings like because I, I like writing and I'm chaotic and I kind of just want to do really weird retellings right now but I'm like what if I just did an odyssey retelling from like I don't even know maybe Odysseus's point of view but like everyone outside of him realizes how big of a trash bag he is yeah yeah um I'm loving like retellings at the moment that's mm-hmm. like the thing I've, I think I've read like three in a row or something like that like which obviously isn't that much but like you know I've, I'm get, making through my making it through all the the big ones that are at the moment um so that's definitely what I love because I really want to write a book and everything right and I'm really passionate about mythology but I'm not that creative in like starting something from scratch mm-hmm. do you know what I mean like so yeah. I'd, I'd I think it'd be if I could find inspiration from these older stories and kind of like add a different spin on them um I mean it ask Madeline Miller I mean I'm sure it's definitely not any easier than yeah. thinking of something completely from scratch but um be fun little you know writing exercise little short story or something of it so who knows maybe my boyfriend's like a- my boyfriend's really into writing and he's doing like um a short story of like the cyclops from like the cyclops's point of view <laughs> so i'm looking forward to reading that <laughs> yes and he's like that- yo i'm only eating humans because that's like all i have to eat you left me in this maze like with nothing mm-hmm. leave me alone <laughs> that's fair that's fair <laughs> i mean also like 
to a cyclops's point of view we probably look like animals you know yeah like, yeah true especially if you don't speak the same language as a cyclops think about it like we don't know if a cat's meow mean different things exactly so it's like if you just heard a bunch of like garble how would you assume that it's a tel- intelligent speech true uh, this is obviously apparently a pro cyclops podcast. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it is <laughs> pro monsters, you know, justice for all the monsters in these books. But speaking of, you know, retellings and remixes, mm-hmm. this book is definitely just Virgil's fan fiction of the Odyssey. Absolutely. And you can see that the, the strongest parallels are in this chapter, in chapter three. Yes. Um, and as you're saying, you know, you wanted to write a book, maybe uh, from Odysseus' point of view, but like everyone can see like what an asshole he is. That was definitely the audience at the time Virgil was writing this because mm-hmm. Virgil's goal in this basically was to make Aeneas a more pious version of Odysseus. Mm-hmm. And you even see him in this book going to the same places and acting differently. Like, for example, you know, Odysseus got caught out by the Cyclops, but in this book, they managed just like sail right past him, you know? Mm-hmm. And in this book, I feel like the main, one of the main themes would be um, like omens, you know, and making sacrifices to the gods and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really kind of, he's trying to show off how pious and how religious, well, you know, how um, great this guy is compared to Odysseus you know mm-hmm. like oh this guy doesn't forget to thank the gods this guy listens to you know the prophecies and things like that so that's basically the main the main theme of this so let's jump right into it I guess I don't know what your political campaigns look like but like in campaign season on the tv it's basically both candidates roasting each other via thousand yeah. dollar million dollar commercials and this is what it felt like to me <laughs> I mean, it's like in Ireland, it's it's kind of just like, you know, two old people just kind of like muttering and things like that. We mm-hmm. kind of we but we like watch the American stuff and like laugh because it's a lot more like uh, like a show, you know? Yeah, it's a lot more dramatic. And in Ireland, it's just kind of like a boring like back and forth debate. But in America, you have all the yeah, the spectacle. <laughs> I, it's really bad. Like there's the amount of money that people spend campaigning is ridiculous. Like there's. I don't know if you've ever seen any of our commercials during campaign season, but they'll be like, you want to vote for Senator Joe Schmo? Well, he eats babies on Wednesdays. <laughs> Would you ever vote for someone that eats babies? And then I'll have like some <laughs> random woman and she'll be like, I am a firm believer that we should not be eating babies any day of the week. And then, like, <laughs> yeah. and then it's like, uh, ad supported by the... Uh, ron swanson foundation blah 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 and i'm like okay no i don't like that at all <laughs> so we just get like flyers in our door that's basically it yeah yeah and then they'll be like when he was 25 he voted to make sure that i don't know like everyone always had to wear white on tuesdays and i don't like my rights being su- suppressed so if you want to be able to not only wear white on Tuesday, then make sure you don't vote for this guy. Blah, blah, blah. And you're like, okay. And it's like, also, it's like, they'll bring up like things from like when they were like 18 and they're like, when he was 18, he drank. That's illegal. Next. <laughs> you're just Even like, though it was like 30 years ago. I know. You're like, okay. Yeah. 
and you like look into it and it's like he didn't really say that they just were able to fund it because it's a commercial and nobody facts checks anything and you're just like cool (laughs) this is what Virgil's doing yeah pretty much (laughs) this book is kind of like Odysseus well to add more confusion if you weren't already confused reading this Mm -hmm. book dear listeners Odysseus is referred to in this book as Ulysses Mm -hmm. um much like James Joyce's Ulysses is inspired by the have you ever read the have you ever read Ulysses Mm-mm, yeah I mean I haven't either but Ulysses is basically an Irish version of the Odyssey so he's walking around Dublin and he encounters all these people that kind of like mirror the monsters in the Odyssey oh that's cool um so yeah it's called Ulysses after Odysseus but anyway yeah this book is basically it's like a this track for Odysseus you know Excellent. Virgil saying like I'm so much better blah 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 but let's get into it so book three is sea wanderings and strange meetings so they basically are like just to set the scene a town called Ilium is burned down i guess and then they're like anyways that doesn't matter moving on oh we should we should preface this as well he's telling dido the story of what happened before he like met her yeah, but like also I can't I don't even know. I'm like, is this a more telling this story or is this um you know uh Aeneas? Like I, I don't even know who's speaking. I don't know when they switch back, and I don't think anybody knows. Like there's this no. huge plot hole and they're just like, All right, whatever, don't look at that. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> so he then also it's like, okay, we're gonna so they set sail in the summer and then it's like his whole like storyline he's like i'm gonna name the people at anad anade anade anad but anyways he's gonna name the people yeah, after no himself idea. yeah yeah uh, he's like isn't that a great idea and i'm like yeah like everybody else does does like everybody names people after themselves yeah. but there's narcissist yeah <laughs> And then Aeneas hears his friend's ghost talking and he's like, you need to leave Troy. And he's basically like listing all these signs. He's like the gods came down and shook the ship to tell me to leave Troy. And my friends rose from the grave to tell me to leave. And you're like, okay, were you the only one witnessing this though? (laughs) Yeah. He's like, everybody wants me to leave. The gods like literally screamed, shook the earth, knocked everyone down. We're like, you need to go and find Rome and he's like see everybody wants me to do this (laughs) and I'm like no one has ever gotten this many signs from the gods ever and and he's just like really rubbing it in that he's supposed to do this imagine how terrifying it'd be if the gods like communicated that way in modern life I it's like would you grow accustomed to it though maybe but like, imagine if it's like for small things that are like leading to a butterfly effect where like one day you're like, you know, I'm actually going to just wear a Converse to work. And then like the gods shake the roof and they're like, no, you will wear your <laughs> non-slip shoes to work today. And you're like, okay, sure. I feel like, like if the gods were that clear communicating, I would totally like abuse it and I wouldn't be incapable of making any decisions for myself. And mm-hmm. I would just want every decision to be uh, validated by them. Yeah. Yeah. Free will would be out the window. <laughs> yeah, completely. <laughs> like imagine how tired of it Hera would get. 
Like, because everyone would be like consulting her every time someone wants to like start dating someone. They'll be like, is this the guy I'm going to marry? And she's like, you just have to date him and learn from these lessons, dude. Like, just fine. You're not going to marry him, but you have to date him. And they'd be like, no, no, <laughs> simply not going to do that. Like, that's what I think is really interesting about like Greek mythology than like Christianity you know like everybody has these problems like it must be a lot of stress for like one god to sort them mm-hmm. all out but I feel like you know if we had a Greek mythology system you could mm-hmm. be like okay so Juno is going to be your mentor if you have problems ask her you know mm-hmm. oh you're a sailor okay Poseidon's got you and then you have like a little little mentor group you know and you meet up but you're like what's going on and it she's feels- like yeah what you did you need to cop on you know yeah <laughs> it feels like like a monotheistic religion honestly to me feels like if you were going to the ceo to ask them like if you should put a period in this sentence or not at work. yeah you know what i mean like that seems like a lot and imagine yeah. if everyone did that yeah instead of like having a multi-level thing like i guess in christianity or i don't know if it's just Christ- if it's just catholicism but like catholicism has saints so yeah I was gonna say so that makes kind of sense you know you're like oh yo I know God's busy Saint Anthony but can you help me find you know my phone yeah yeah Yeah. so I feel like that's where Christianity was or Catholicism at least because I I actually have no idea if saints are in Christianity or if it's just Catholicism but like at least in that way like Catholicism was like we're gonna actually use this this seems like a great idea yeah (laughs) you know because like let's let some of the saints filter out some of these questions and then they have a never-ending supply because if someone dies a martyr they're like sainthood exactly exactly um the gods just having to keep having kids it's quite interesting because um i don't know if it's i think it's not the case of many of the saints but for example one of the patron saints of ireland is saint bridget Mm -hmm. and sorry I'm just nerding it right now because it's uh, folklore it's my mm-hmm. job um but Saint Bridget comes from the Celtic goddess Bridget and she was like the daughter of the Dagda who's like the Irish version of Zeus mm-hmm. and um she was the patron saint of the springtime and then when Christianity arrived she just became like Saint Bridget you know yeah and like a lot of stories about the Saint Bridget like they say and so mythological like there's the main story of saint bridget is that she has this big massive cloak and mm-hmm. well she has this more normal cloak and she's like to the king like hey can i have some land for my monastery and he's like you can have however much land covers your cloak so then she like whips out her cloak and it becomes like miles long and she gets like all this like land yes monastery and i'm like that sounds so mythological like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah anyway that was a big tangent <laughs> No, I I honestly heard about St. Bridget before being um, a goddess previously, but I didn't know many stories about her because I haven't like really looked at her. But like, oh, there's so many. There's so many like she was beautiful and she really didn't want a husband because she wanted to commit herself to God. So she Mm -hmm. prayed every night to become ugly and God made her ugly. And then her father was like, and then her father was like, okay, you're ugly. Like, you don't have to get married. You can be like, uh, whatever, you know, a non. Um, and there's another and then it's interesting because the goddess Bridget she was said to have one beautiful side of her face and one ugly side of her face so that mm-hmm. she could like trick men which is interesting I want to know more about the goddess before she became the saint 
to be honest. Like someone, someone was like to the St. Bridget or to the goddess, not clear, like, damn, like you're fine. Like, you know, and this religious thing is just a phase. Like you're going to get married. Like you should marry me. Then she turns around. She's like, I'll never marry a man. And she like plucks out her eyeball in front of him. <laughs> you can't see it. My jaw's on the floor, listeners. Uh, oh, <laughs> how metal how metal like she's honestly, awesome if uh, okay when I, I had to go through you know that whole like uh that thing where you get another name because you're a catholic I forget yeah. what that's called and um my little metal self was like joan of arc so cool. had i known about bridget previous to that <laughs> moment that's what i would have gone for are you insane i know what? I feel like I need to do an episode on Irish mythology because it's just awesome. Like, I'm so surprised Disney hasn't, like, capitalized on it. I'm really hoping they don't because, like, they'd make a crap. But, yeah, it's awesome. If you just want a reactor to those episodes, just to be like, <laughs> oh, my God, are you serious? I will totally be on them. But it's just going to be me going, holy crap. What? <laughs> it's going to be a if lot they- of that. If there was some book or something, if there was some book about it, we could like do it and you could like react to it. Like American person reacts to Irish folklore or something. That'd be awesome. If you find one, let me know. If you find stories and you want to do that ever, let me know. Because I would totally (laughs) do that. There's a few. There's a few. So have a look. (laughs) Sounds good. So uh, there's like a ton of hype for this invasion. Um, They're just, you know. Basically, they're like, everyone wants this to happen. It's totally not going to fail. And then he, like, makes it very clear. He's like, yeah, I totally didn't dream this. But then I also just wake up out of bed. But it's not a dream. Don't worry. (laughs) I'm like, okay, sure. I'm sure it's not a dream. Yeah, people are like, oh, I got, like, a prophecy in my dream about this grand journey. It's like, yo, could have just been, like, a dream. Like, why does Mm -hmm. that have to be? Like, I feel like, I do believe in, like, dream symbolism. I do I do sometimes but then sometimes I feel like it's so vague yeah you know what I mean but sometimes I have it and I'm like whoa that's so true but other times I'm like I don't know I feel like to me dreams are the point in our lives that we're most su- like susceptible to influence yeah. and so I'm like a big proponent like when people say that their uh, relatives who've passed visit them in dreams I'm a big proponent of that actually happening you know what I mean oh me too because like isn't it like scientists aren't like completely sure like why we have to sleep for so long and like other animals don't yeah I, I've yeah. heard stuff about that I've never looked into it myself yeah though. me neither but um yeah there's definitely some mystical elements to dreams but mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes like not in real life really but in these stories you know he could mm-hmm. just be trying to justify his own uh I also think people are liars like you know what I mean like I think it's very easy to be like yeah after the fact that you've already done this you're like yeah you know Athena came down to me and said this is exactly how it's gonna go and look that's exactly how it went don't mind that yeah. I didn't tell anyone before I did it how it was gonna go but you know or like, I've mentioned this. Sorry, I continue. No, you're fine. That um, was it. I've mentioned this on my podcast many times, but it really annoys me when authors say they got an idea for a book in their dream. I'm like, how lucky are you? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? <laughs> yeah, literally. Like, it just, I'm like, I wish that were me. <laughs> my dreams are so chaotic. Like I had this reoccurring nightmare. Okay. 
for a long time when I was a kid where I watched. So basically what happened is I had watched like world war Z and Spider-Man um, too close together. So <laughs> I had this and the maze runner. I was reading the maze runner too. Like a lot of things going together, but I had this reoccurring dream that I was stranded on a cruise ship the zombie apocalypse broke out, but the zombies were like Doc Op with like those mechanical arms. Oh no. Yeah. And I'm stuck on That's a cruise terrifying. ship trying to fight them. And that was like a reoccurring dream I had for enough that it made like a lasting impression. Spooky. Yeah. I what that means. Is, am I supposed to write that into a book? Is that like <laughs> the next horror novel I'm going to write? Like I've never written horror really, but I guess we'll start with like doc op zombies i don't know (laughs) yeah that just like lives rent free in my brain maybe it's like gonna be like doc op vampires though because i feel like zombies is hard to write into a book yeah i think i feel like vampires are more interesting yeah just to me personally or maybe it'll be like human evolution doc op situation yeah that's good i don't know We'll see. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> uh, so after like a horrible storm, they ended up on an island um, of a woman named Cleland and her sister, who is a harpy. But it also sounds like she's also a harpy. So that's cool. Harpies are terrifying. Half I mean, bird, I, half woman. Yeah, but like. They were literally just minding their business on their own island. You know, they could have terrorized everyone and started a war. But you know what they were doing? Vibing on their own island. That's true. That's true. I wonder if there's a backstory to that. Maybe it's kind of like Cersei where they're like banished to the island. Who knows? God. Here's another one. Another retelling right for the taking. (laughs) I was just thinking about these harpies too. Like as you said that, I was like, oh my God, a harpy retelling would be so cool. yeah oh my god i this is why i can't write because like this is just what it's like when you want to write a book it's like you're just like what if another idea right here for, for the yeah day. like sometimes i get like really cool concepts from so like how could i actually stretch that out you know what i mean yeah, like, I, was, like right. I have this amazing idea but i can't take any further <laughs> i know i just like keep like info dumping like I'm not, I was never a planner when I was a kid. Cause I used to write books a little bit when I was a child and I would just like free form, write. But now I like info dump everything I've ever thought about this novel into one word document. And then I'm like, all right, piece it together. Red line tape things <laughs> to make this work. Can you give us a hint? Is it, is it fantasy? Is it myth retelling? What, it, what, what are you going for in it? So this first one that I have right now that I want to work on is fantasy. And it's one that I like started as a kid. Oh, so cool. Now I'm like trying to take it further and I haven't exactly figured it out because I want it to be like, I don't want it to be like medieval fantasy, except there is royalty in it. I want it to be more of like, if fantasy became modern, if that makes sense. Like I want there to be a semblance of technology in this. Interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm not really sure what it's gonna look like yet. Have you heard of that show on Amazon? It's called Something Gods. And it's like the old Greek gods fighting mm-hmm. with like new gods of like technology. Oh, American gods? That? Yeah. Yeah, I read the book. Oh, it was a book as well, was it? Yeah, it's by Neil Gaiman. It's really good. 
oh is it no way i just yeah, yeah. I just, someone told me it's a tv series on amazon but that's even cooler so is that kind of the type of feel you'd be going for like bringing technology into it a little bit it's more like yeah kind of but like i don't want it to resemble earth if that makes sense like more if i can make it work i want it to be more like star wars you know where they have like a monarchy but like they're not like behind the times like things yeah. still give like that very renaissance vibe but mm-hmm. it's like they still have like blasters and lightsabers you know yeah so that's what i'm trying to go for we'll see like i'm still in the info dumping stage like i started writing a little bit but i definitely need to go back and like plan out this novel in my head a little bit because like i'm trying to figure out where to start and i kind of realized that like that's the hardest part for me so what i think i'm going to start doing is just writing a bunch of scenes out and then just like meshing them and then going back and writing the first chapter after i've written all these scenes because like i know things i want to hit but like i don't know where to start yet yeah sounds like a good plan yeah so we'll see how that goes i don't know when it's done send me an arc i've never got an arc before (laughs) you'll you'll get your first arc from me (laughs) it's gonna probably be a bit but like my goal in my head is to like I basically by April I have I've given myself kind of this deadline where if I can't like do freelance or I'm not making any money from the podcast like I'm gonna have to get like a full-time job Mm -hmm. so my deadline is April to start this book at least like get through a draft of it so we'll see how that goes because that means like three months like I have (laughs) and would you like to go through a publisher or self-publish I'm indifferent I don't really know. Like, I know self-publish is a lot more legwork. There's, but... like, some people that are really passionate about self-publishing. Yeah. Then some people that are, like, you need to do it properly. Like, you need to go through a publisher. I might pitch a publisher and then, you know, self-publish, maybe. Like, I, I haven't decided yet. I'm not really strong about it either way. So we'll kind of see where that goes. But yeah it's gonna be a lot of work (laughs) I'm kind of nervous but it's fine like I know the first draft's gonna be trash and I just need to get over myself but that's where I'm at right now yeah imposter syndrome and like I'm gonna be so bad that like puts you off like if you if you don't think you can make it perfect you don't want to start at all yeah yeah that's like me and my podcast a lot like I'm like oh my god like you know oh it's not gonna be the exact way I wanted so I'm just like if I never do it, I never have to, you know, yeah. I never has to not be perfect. <laughs> Literally. That's how I am right now. And like I finally just cleared like 30 average listeners every time I upload an episode. Mm-hmm. But it's like people will be posting and they'll be like, Yeah, I do. I have like uh freaking like 200 listeners and I've only been publishing for a week. And I'm like, kill me, kill me. I know, I know. Like I've seen so many people that have had their podcast like way shorter than me and they like have crazy lessons. And I'm like, I know. But uh, like, it's fine. I'm fine. And it's like my book, my podcast is so niche too, but I'm like, I promise it's yeah. not stuffy. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm in a strange niche because it's like bookstagram, but it's also like history as well. Like mm-hmm. I'm kind of like in the middle of the two like niches. Yeah. Yeah. But we like, were saying that before we started recording about how like these days it's so hard to like market yourself and like mm-hmm. like I feel like having a project like a podcast I feel like like 
70% of it is like advertising yourself. Oh yeah. But for sure. Can I help you? Like oh, the amount of time I take, like make like producing an, an episode, the amount of time I take like making posts and trying to engage with people is like crazy. I know it's absolutely ridiculous. But speaking of engagement, this chapter was really engaging. (laughs) Very good. Uh, So basically what happens with these harpies is they keep trying to have like this feast and then the harpies come down and steal it. And then they're like, like like angry seagulls, you know? Yeah. Which I just, I like, I like that imagery a lot. I think that's hilarious. (laughs) But like, you know, when you go to the beach, you don't just like, leave all your food out you know what I mean yeah. like you don't just like open all the containers that you're not currently eating out of and you're like hello please, uh, well, s- well still though I mean like uh near where I live we have a place called Hoth and it's like by the sea mm-hmm. and the other day my mom got like a crepe and she was walking to the car with it and a seagull just swooped in and took it out of her hand <laughs> Like they're vicious, especially like Dublin seagulls are like a whole thing of their own. Um, they're very notorious. So I got smacked yeah. in the I face. Can only by ima- I can only I can only imagine what woman-sized uh seagulls would be like. Oh yeah. I got smacked in the face by a seagull as a child because I was eating a Subway sandwich on the beach. That's what you get for eating Subway. I mean, yeah. There's my Subway sponsorship gone, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no please no subway turn the podcast back on <laughs> but yeah they they like dove down for my sandwich and i was like mid bite and i had like smack of a seagull <laughs> and then like i got like a bunch of seagulls all came down trying to eat my sandwich so i and i like was so scared because i was like seven yeah, i just threw the terrifying. sandwich up in the air and i ran for my life so there you go. Don't feed the seagulls, people. <laughs> uh, so then they start like s- drawing swords at these harpies, and like the harpies just are unbothered and unscathed, and I think that's hilarious to me. Yeah, again, much like an, a Dublin seagull. But then, like the thing that's wild to me is like then, uh, like basically, Cleoland was like watching this whole thing happen. She's mad because she's like, this is literally the harpy's home. Like, you're stealing our food and stealing our cattle. And you don't expect them to, like, want it. Like Exactly. Which, fair. Like, they were literally just unbothered on their own island. And the men did not ask at all. But then, like, they basically just, like, were like, she prophesizes that they're going to be unable to create Rome until a famine is swept through the country. And then they just leave it at that like no other real encounter happens yeah they say they say they're not gonna find rome until there's terrible famine and they're forced to eat their platters which is like that they i mean even now that's confusing i'm sure like back in the original languages written there's many interpretations so they're probably Mm -hmm. like what the heck does that mean so that won't be revealed until a bit later on Mm. but um that's the first prophecy we get in this book yeah i remember when i did like we did like a greek mythology day in school they had it's like a bread type thing that were used as plates apparently in ancient greece so mm-hmm. that's what i was thinking of 
I don't know if that's true. Oh, or not. We'll have to see. Yeah. <laughs> they eat the people that are handing them the food. Who knows? <laughs> but it's wild to me that it's just like this is so far below the Odyssey in my brain because, like, in the Odyssey, we would have explored this a little bit more. He just like yeah. that happened. Moving on. Yeah, I I feel like Homer. Yeah, he went into more detail because me reading these stories, the most interesting part for me is like the encounters with the different monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like maybe Virgil, like maybe he didn't go into as much detail with like some of the scenes. I mean, I don't know why he didn't expand the harpies more, but maybe with the Cyclops and things, he was like, oh, they already, you know, they already know all about that. Yeah. But, but I don't know. I it's just like, I think he's more I think I think this book he was more concerned with the political mm-hmm. side of things whereas the Odyssey was very much kind of like it there obviously was a bit of politics in it but it was mostly just an adventure tale whereas this yeah. actually has an agenda like he's getting paid to talk about the greatness of Rome so that's his main concern mm-hmm. and then they also go on to be like yeah we prayed to the gods and then like also had like this competition and wrestled in oil and I was like <laughs> cool glad she got to do that my guy i don't know they're just bros just bros being bros yeah uh then we go on to talk about pyrus's wife uh for some reason like this timeline gets a little screwy okay yeah he was like a trojan prince Mm -hmm. and then this is kind of like a little little check-in you know and now we find out that he's married whose wife was it i mean oh pyrus's wife um was uh wait so pyrus was the uh achilles son so achilles son's wife was forced to marry a greek man or a trojan man someone she was like (laughs) a prince princess and then she like became a slave because Pyrus was killed. But like Pyrus was a trash bag, anyways. If you read the Song of Achilles, yeah, so it's fine. I never, I don't know why when I was reading this, I never copped on that that was his son. Maybe because I listened to Song of Achilles, so when I was mm. reading it, I like read it differently than I heard it. But that's cool. I, I forgot while until like right now because when I wrote Pyrus, I was thinking of Pram. So I thought this was that's what I thought it was. I thought that's why I thought it was or something. Yeah. Well, because then he talks about Pram later. So it's like he's really just throwing out a lot of P names all at once. And I'm like, yeah. I, I really don't know who we're talking about. I thought that Achilles' son died during the war, no? He dies was, after was the war. Just... He kills okay. Pram. And then yeah. Pram's he also kills Pram's son. Oh, and then yeah. Someone kills Pyrus in revenge for that situation. Mm-hmm. So then Pyrus's wife is left. Um, I got confused at like the retellings and the myths, like which is the one that happened. Because I feel like he yeah. dies kind of early on. I feel like I got the impression in Song of Achilles that he died when he was like a kid almost. Me too. So you're not alone there. That, that actually is another theme in this book the father-son relationships that's really important it was it was Mm -hmm. important in greek society honestly because you see it as well in the odyssey with uh telemachus and yeah uh, odysseus so they rock up to this island and then he's like 
yeah i'm doing great i'm thriving after the war i'm setting up yeah. my own little mini uh tr- um my own little mini place right here and it's going to be fantastic and i've got a new wife yeah you're looking up and then that kind of gives anais like some hope you know yeah and the thing too is like i could not figure out where they were though because like they're basically like yeah i'm checking in this all happened you know and he's also like telling this too because this is all the story he's giving to uh diodo you mm-hmm. know and so like he's just like yeah all this is happening anyways moving on from that story i'm like where where were you while you were having this conversation like yeah. it basically felt like he wanted to just t- like brag to diodo about his life so he's like yeah i totally talked to this queen for a I'm little pretty bit. big deal i'm pretty big yeah deal. pretty big deal then he sees a seer and the seer's like so first always pray to juno and i'm like cool sounds good we'll totally <laughs> make that happen and then he like goes through all the other things that are going to happen but i again don't write that down because i don't want spoilers yeah so then he moves on from that he's like yes yeah, so then i saw seer that was pretty cool then he talks about going to see uh Scylla and the abyss and he's like yeah we just like passed by it we didn't go there but it was right over there so you know better than it's like oh you know it's like a little like cameo like oh yeah you guys see this is just as uh legitimate as the uh odyssey Mm -hmm. but like the odyssey they like literally lost like 12 people there i'm like smarter than odysseus i just go straight past them instead of like going through it yeah yeah but it's like you literally have you're supposed to have to go through it and he's like i totally just didn't though yeah i know so i don't know plot hole plot hole <laughs> lots of plot holes in this i'm gonna be honest i think he's like oh i don't know i, I can't I, I, like oh if he was with the with the Scylla, like hey, is he gonna figure a way out but i'm like i can't think of my own way that's not gonna be copying the odyssey yeah. so i'm just gonna leave it out yeah it's like oh he also lost six men anyways yeah i would have enjoyed it a lot more if there was more detail mm-hmm Mm-hmm. have you read Cersei yet I've already finished it three quarters of the way through okay then I'm not gonna say anything anybody that's read Cersei knows my thoughts right here but on what oh on Aeneas no on a moment and we just covered so just finish Cersei and then you'll know what I'm talking about okay <laughs> excellent text me when you finish I'll Cersei. text you yeah sounds good sounds good um so uh then he's like finds this guy from odysseus's company and it's like yeah i got stranded on the cyclops island so don't go on there because they're cyclops <laughs> and i'm like that's really lucky it's really lucky that odysseus lost one guy one single guy and he survived somehow that wasn't <laughs> mentioned in the odyssey but okay sure which like then it's like they're trying to dog on Odysseus again because they're like, look, he didn't even notice that he left one guy behind. And you're like, okay. Sure. Yeah. He's been through a lot. Okay. He managed to save most of his men. Yeah. Stop trying to stop trying to, you know, no Odysseus slander on this podcast. We've said it before. We're the only ones allowed to hate on Odysseus. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna tolerate any other slander. 
Thank you very much. Listen, if you're a modern person, you're allowed to hate on Odysseus. But if you're Virgil, no. Because you just, <laughs> yeah. You're literally just like copying the homework and didn't change that much. Yeah. So like you can't like you can't be you can't write a fan fiction of something and then just like give aid about what you what inspired it, you know, it just you're like, I'm gonna write Pride and Prejudice in the 1800s. And you're like, it was already set in the 1800s. And they're like, but this is fan fiction. And you're like, <laughs> okay, are you gonna change some like major plot line, you know, to make it your own? And they're like, no. <laughs> and you're like, okay, um, I don't really know how this is gonna work for you, bud. <laughs> So as soon as they saw like the Cyclops though, cresting this hill, they're like, all right, dog, let's get out of here. And they take this guy and move right along. Like they never really get off the boat in any of these islands. Like they're like this. The funny thing is, is he's like, I'm going to probably cry a lot while I tell this tale. And the entire time he's telling this tale is just like. It's so factual. Yeah. It's like what you said. It's like reading like a news bulletin or something, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah, and it's like you didn't really lose anybody on this journey. Like you didn't go through anything traumatic. You were just kind of like sailing for a long time. Yeah. So then he's like, and that's the end of my story. Thank you. <laughs> I want to see some like more mythology TikToks, you know. I want to mm-hmm. see Odysseus reacting to Aeneas and everything. Mm, we can make that happen we could we film could. that tiktok we could <laughs> i try to think of a good sound we'll think about this later but <laughs> it's gonna be like one of us has to play odysseus one has to play um aeneas aeneas i i kept wanting to say the aeneid and i was like i can't i can't do it <laughs> And I got, I, I have this, now you got the wheels a turn and we'll talk about this later. <laughs> That'll be our hype for this episode. All right. So then we are on to book four, The Passion of the Queen. And I just feel so bad for Diodo right now. Like I, I truly know. do. I was trying not to give it away in the last episode we recorded because mm-hmm. I thought that what happens to her happens at the end of that book. Mm-hmm. And she's just the most tragic figure. Like, yeah, she's just a complete pawn of the gods. Like, she's so wholesome. She's such a girl boss. Her mm-hmm. future's so bright. She's here on this island, you know, Carthage, or I don't know if it's an island, but she's in Carthage and she's setting up this new town. Like, mm-hmm. she's just lost her husband in a really sad way. You know, she's she then she meets this guy, Aeneas, and he's so great and he's promising her things and she's trying to fall for him. Mm-hmm. And he's telling her this amazing story about all his travels. And oh my gosh, he's becoming even more attractive because he's just so well traveled. Mm-hmm. And yeah, let's continue on. <laughs> yeah. And like, so basically, she hears this whole story and she's like, oh my God, like that's everything you went through. And then, like, you know, the feast ends. She goes and talks to her sister and she like, she's like, yo, I kind of am into this dude. Like, I might want to get remarried. And her sister's like, yeah whatever you want to do yeah no I don't like Anna right I think that's I think that's what her sister's name is but anyway I'm gonna call her that mm-hmm. um and she's like I'm really falling for this guy but like you know I still love my husband and I feel like that would be betraying like my marriage vows to like get mm-hmm. with him and then her sister is like one of those you know we all have those people 
that you might say something crazy like oh my god I'm just gonna like quit my job and like move away and they're like yes queen like you can do it like you know don't think of the consequences that's basically her she's like mm-hmm. oh I could fall this guy and she's like yeah yeah I mean why not you know why not yeah like so what if uh you know the gods might not be happy with it like make a sacrifice like you know you're you're independent yeah. you don't need to you need to listen to the gods it's fine just make a sacrifice and it'll be all good and this could be a really powerful union you know um mm-hmm. The, tr- the Trojan Union with the Carthage, you know, it could, it could be the start of an amazing future. Don't worry mm-hmm. about Don't worry about what anybody thinks, even if it's the gods. You should just go for it. But yeah, no, I think the sister is like, she just seems like that person that like, no matter what you say, they're gonna be like, yeah, do it. Do it, whatever you want, dear, do it. And you're like, this is actually like a terrible idea. Like sometimes if I tell people, I want like, listen, I love, ladies with shaved heads I think that's great for you but like sometimes I need someone to tell me you should probably think about this for 30 seconds like if I ever come to someone and I'm like I want to get bangs tell me to go home (laughs) and to just have a glass of beer and think about my actions because I can tell you right now if I cut bangs on myself I will hate myself yeah exactly but here Anna is just like go queen yes I'll support you whatever you do and Mm -hmm. then it has dire consequences yeah because it's like she met this guy and she's known him for like a week barely like a couple Mm -hmm. days like just think about it for a little bit before you announce to your entire country who they like love the fact that they have like a single queen um yeah, maybe think about it before you announce it to everybody. Like, maybe yeah. check in with him and see how he's feeling and his plans, you know? Because, like, he didn't sail all this way just to come find you. Yeah. You know? And the sister's like, nah, don't worry about any of that. Just, like, marry him, whatever. Yeah, just make a sacrifice to the gods and then marry him. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. It's like, are we, though? <laughs> so, um... Oh, and then like the sister's like, did you want to be alone forever or something? Too? Like, she like dogs on her sister a little bit. Like, come on, like you're not gonna find a man just like, you know, sitting at home. You need to go eight there, girl. You need to ask him, like, you need to make mm-hmm. moves. Like, come on, your husband's been dead for like what a few months? Like, you need to get back eight there. <laughs> like little toxic, but also like sometimes you need to hear that. But like this was not one of those moments. In this case, no. No, definitely not. <laughs> Terrible idea. Uh, so then we flash to the gods trying to figure out this marriage, and they're like, "Yeah, like let's just get them married, whatever." Because you know, Juno set up this entire thing because she wanted her to fall for him. Juno's the worst. Yeah. So yeah. Juno basically. She doesn't want Aeneas to go on and find her own, so she uses her you know her godly authority Mm -hmm. to make juno sorry to make dido fall in love with him Mm -hmm. and then she kind of yeah we'll we'll continue we'll continue on (laughs) my favorite thing though is that like in his story he was like yeah my wife died and then like said i should go find someone because i'm gonna find a better wife out there and then she's like oh my god like that was a sign that's me you know and it's like that's why he dropped that hit in there and then you know we just kind of have to move on from that do you yeah. know what i mean yeah so uh they're 
decided to get married and i was like i really felt like it kind of came out of the woodwork like they talked about maybe getting married and then like now the gods are in on it and they're just like planning a wedding and i'm like Mm -hmm. okay like did anything lead up to this did both of you even agree to this yeah it's really giving me kind of it's giving me megan fox machine gun kelly vibes you know Mm. what i mean dido's like we're meant to be it's written in the stars i've loved him every lifetime and the gods are in favor and the gods are like oh my gosh this is amazing Mm -hmm. yeah and then uh, like seconds like i don't even think they even got married i can't tell like i couldn't tell if they actually got married so this is yeah it's really confusing in the text Mm -hmm. but um i remember just from school because it was explained to me more in layman's terms Mm because like reading this book you there's so much that you like miss and so much that's like distorted and you can't even tell what's happening Mm -hmm. But basically, Juno, like, hosts kind of like a a fake wedding, if you get me. Like, she lights the candles. She does Mm -hmm. the mood lighting. She, like, sends them into a cave Mm -hmm. so that, like, they have sex. Mm. Um, All right. So that's, like, that's, like, you know, officiating the the marriage. But they haven't actually got married. They've just done, like, it's like, it's like, it's like having a wedding party, but not actually making vows. Okay. And this is to kind of like more so trick Odysseus. I'm not sorry, trick Aeneas that they're yeah. married and then he won't move on. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So it's it's like a it's like a fake wedding to deceive Aeneas so that he's like feels like he has to stay there. Yeah. But then like on this wedding day, someone's like, Yeah, we should should we like prepare the boats? And he's like, prepare the boats. We gotta get yeah, because the because the other gods are like yeah, so Juno is like hosting this fake wedding behind mm-hmm. the other gods' backs, and then the other gods are like, "No, he has to go on and like do his mm-hmm. journey." So then they get the boats ready, and he goes off in the boat, mm-hmm. and then Dido is like, "What the heck?" Yeah, and then she's so devastated that she lights this big mourning fire, a big like mm-hmm. pyre burns all of his stuff you know it's like when you uh break up with somebody you know mm-hmm. and you you do a little fire you throw in all the stuff they gave you fuck them blah blah blah, yep. blah. she does that but then mm-hmm. at the end she throws herself into the fire and she I burns know. alive yeah and she like stabs herself on his sword and everything i was like yeah yo and this what? is like this this sounds like dramatic or whatever but like it's not because you have to remember juno made her fall in love with him so she's mm-hmm. like under an enchantment like she's literally like like burning love for him do you know what I mean mm-hmm. like it's really really passionate it's not like she's being dramatic it's like uh the, like the spell is still like on her when he mm-hmm. goes away so then she you know she wasn't in her right mind and she did it and it's just yeah it's like justice for Dido like this is the saddest thing that's happened to a character that I can like remember that it's just like yeah Apart like, from apart from Finnick, uh in you know what happened to his wife and everything, and just he just his storyline still gets me, but yeah, anyway, yeah. it's just so <laughs> messed up because it's like she did not like she did not she was not an active player at all, and then it's like no. we get like one chapter about her, and then it's like, all right, moving on. And it's like, you want me to feel like for a guy that literally like slept with a woman promised her marriage and then sailed away like yeah. now I really don't care about Rome I mean it obviously would have been really sad if it was just like a random girl in Carthage but the fact that it was like this really 
like important queen that was like Mm -hmm. doing this groundbreaking thing like she was one of the you know the first kind of like women to be having her own little place Mm -hmm. it was still getting set up loved by everyone perfect life and then he just comes and the gods just destroy it it it's just really sad yeah um i feel like there's many like gods and stuff where Mm -hmm. you know even like um Medea you know she's like always used as like a a symbol of like you know female you know empowerment yeah and it's like I know Dido wasn't a god or anything but like she was like such a girl boss you know I know and it's like the worst part too is like she was not supposed to die at that point so like Isis had to come down to and like take her soul out of her body because her body was like fighting it because you know she's supposed to like live for like wasn't her time yeah yeah, more time and it's like that to me hurt too because it's like it's just because she was a pawn of the gods that she died yeah I mean that's yeah that's what I meant to say like when people think about the gods being ruthless they say stuff like Medea and not Medea sorry um Medusa that's what I meant Medusa Mm -hmm. you know but people don't really mention like how mean the gods were to Dido and he had that image of iris like the god of the rainbow the kind of messenger goddess coming Mm -hmm. down and like taking her soul out of her body because it was before her time like that's yeah that's really rough i mean not to like put you in a unmotivated mood Mm -hmm. but that was like this is the best book in the Aeneid for me yeah like this is the most memorable this is the most memorable one Mm -hmm. like to be honest like I'm not reading a header and thing, but I can't remember anything that happens after this. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but that's all we have today, everybody. On that I note, that's such a sad. I know. Note. I know it's really rough, but like <laughs> that's all we read. Yeah. So don't. I feel like we need to say something motivational now. Okay. <laughs> Here's my motivational thing. Dying Be a girl her boss. Time. Be a girl boss and don't listen don't to listen your... to that friend that yeah don't you. listen to your friend or your sister's advice it's like yeah it's totally give up everything for a man don't do that yeah there you go live yeah. your girl boss life yeah don't be so quick to drop your dreams for a man and if you're non-binary also i don't know just boss life yeah <laughs> Or like encompass encompass the soul of girl boss moment, okay? But just (laughs) boss life, okay? I feel I feel like girl boss. Like I was saying that to my boyfriend today. I feel like girl boss isn't even. It's not a girl who's a boss. Like girl boss is a very particular energy. Mm -hmm. I feel like guys can emulate too, because I don't know about you, but I get those ads on my YouTube and stuff like. I used to be like you working a job, but now I just uh, play ads on YouTube all day and I get money for it for free. And yeah. it's like, that's, that's girl boss energy right there. Mm-hmm. There's, so I feel like to me, it's like dude is gender neutral. Girl boss can be gender neutral, but yeah, so girl boss is a dude specific well. way of bossing. Okay. Yeah. Just encom- <laughs> encompass that in your own life. That's your assignment. That's your take home assignment. Here you go. Welcome <laughs> to school. Girl boss your way. But thank you all so much for listening to this episode. Next week, we'll be back with even more Aeneid. Um, I'm probably going to have even more hot takes because that's what you come to this podcast for. Uh, and Jade, and, oh, sorry. 
if you guys are sad after this episode go onto youtube and listen to i think it's called i will go down with this ship and it's by an artist called dido and i feel like that's what dido is thinking about when this all went down so yeah, i'm gonna have to listen to that song i was thinking about it the other day i'm, too. I'm gonna i'm gonna send, i'm gonna send it to you right after we finish recording sounds good to <laughs> me all right but you all have a great rest of your day uh jade where can all the people of the internet find you you can find me my podcast on spotify itunes all the regular places by typing in about a book as one word mm-hmm. and then you can find me on instagram at about a book dot podcast excellent and we will catch you all next week right here same place same time bye everybody bye Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Barely Bookish Podcast. If you want to find me, I am at Barely Bookish on literally everything. Also, please consider joining the Patreon. You can get some exclusive access to some lovely bonus content, your early access to every episode, and a bunch of other great perks. So please consider joining that, and you can hang out on the Discord with me. But that's all the little announcements I have. I hope you guys are having a great week, and we will be continuing on with the Aeneid once again next week. Our logo was designed by my little sibling, Sarah. Our theme song is by Raphael Crux. I'll catch you guys later. Bye!